Welcome to Totally Biased Media, the podcast where three former children who know nothing about video games tell you everything they know about video games. I'm Jason, and I'm calling it now. Super Mario Wonder is going to be in the top three Mario games released this year. I'm Jackson, and I get to be second this time. I'm Abby, and I'm just here to make Jordan proud. Over the past 40 years, there's been a lot of Mario game. We've hit some high highs, like Super Mario World and Mario Galaxy, but we've also hit some pretty low lows, like Mario Party Advance and Super Mario Party. (laughs) Super Mario Wonder has been one of the most anticipated games of 2023, but is it any good? Let's get into it. It's finally here. We finally get to play Super Mario Wonder. I know that I personally uh, was pretty excited for this one. I don't know about you guys. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Of all the games that I was looking forward to this year, this was my least anticipated one. Yeah, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of experience playing any kind of Mario game. Um, I've mostly experienced it from watching Jason play them. And I knew it was going to be a bit of a struggle going into it, but I think by it was like the second night of us playing it, I was like, I could, I could get, get on this train. It's, it's fun. I'm not necessarily good at it, but you know. It's definitely been a good time. Uh, Abby and I actually, we played through the vast majority of this one together. Since we didn't really have enough time built in today to finish it. I just went through and finished it on my own because I could do it a lot faster. <laughs> I watched I watched most of it and then I fell asleep and took a nap. But I I did also play a majority of this in multiplayer and it's real fun in multiplayer. I've never really played any Mario game outside of single player, especially the 3D ones cuz their multiplayer sucks. So it was it was a pretty good time. Well, hold on. And like I I said this was one of my least anticipated games of the year. Uh, but it has ended up being one of my favorite games of the year. Because <laughs> when I got it, I was like, yeah, you know, it's Mario. I like Mario. Um, don't love him or anything. But, like, he's cool. And I sat down to play and I was like, you know what? I'll play through this for the podcast. Like, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But then by, I don't know, the second level, I was like, this is incredible. More games need to be this incredible. What was your favorite? Like, what made it incredible right off the bat? I know the little, like talky flower dude you were immediately memeing him i love the i love the flower dude i love that guy just a little flower that talks to you he's is he the first voice character in a mario 2d game uh i don't know if he's the first probably not he's definitely the most talkative yeah i mean flood there's there's tons of super mario uh super mario sunshine talked quite a bit i don't know if he specified 2d games i wasn't wasn't listening well enough. Like with like flooded voice acting. Yeah, flood has voice acting and would talk. Dang. Quite a bit. Uh, you know, Abby kind of got into it a little bit already, and we've talked about it a little bit, I guess. But you know, we should probably start by setting aside our own experience with the Mario games. I mean, I personally have played probably all of them, if I had to guess. At least all of the platformer ones. I haven't played like where's mario the, the one where he's missing and you have to like find him by searching across the globe <laughs> i don't know exactly what that game is i've just always kind of assumed it was some kind of ripoff of where in the world is carmen san diego <laughs> but with mario instead yeah 
I did play Mario Teaches Typing. <laughs> That's some solid stuff right there. I've definitely played a majority of the 2D and 3D platformer Mario games from the past, like, of this century. <laughs> I remember going to a friend's house in high school and playing on their, like, original, what is it, like, SNES that had like Mario on it for like the very first time and I remember playing that. I didn't play it for super long. But I think that was like my first experience other than playing with like your all's little brother, like this really was my first for what's that word? Foray? Foray? Foray, yeah. yeah. Foray into Mario. I remember being really excited when I originally got my GameCube back in 2004 maybe 2005 it was a little bit after it came out but not when it was like old uh the only two games i had for it for a while were sonic adventure 2 and super mario sunshine um (laughs) and i played the crap out of sonic adventure 2 we did an episode on it just almost entirely because of how much i love that game and i love the chow garden and stuff in it super mario sunshine was one of those games that i probably put a lot of time into but i think i would just play the beginning of the game over and over yeah that wasn't one that i played because when it came out i was not even one and then never owned a gamecube for all my life so i never even touched it until the um what was the three pack called super mario all-star yeah super mario 3d 3D all-star yeah and like it was all right (laughs) i think it's definitely a game that's very of its time I don't think that they would quite make a game like Super Mario Sunshine nowadays just because, you know, honestly, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. There's just something about Super Mario Sunshine. I think the big part of it is just how different Flood as a jetpack, you know, kind of makes Mario move around and how different all of the platforming was in that game. Also, we got Cappy now. We need <laughs> Flood when we have Cappy. Yeah, but I I think, like, Cappy and the Luma that you get in Super Mario Galaxy, like, they feel more like extensions of Mario's moveset, whereas Flood felt more like it replaced a lot of his moveset. At least to me. I I know that it's not particularly well-received among the Mario games. It's kind of considered to be the worst of the 3D ones, but I liked it a lot. It's one that I kind of keep going back to. That said, I still don't think I've played more than a few hours into a single save file. I'll just start the (laughs) beginning over and over. (laughs) It's not even that good of a beginning. I don't know what I like so much about it. I think the game just kind of falls apart and gets messier as you get further into it. But this episode isn't about Super Mario Sunshine. Dang, I was going to get into my first foray with Mario. What? You know what? Go ahead. Get into it. My first experience is new Super Mario Bros. Wii. Specifically the Wii one, not the DS one, because I didn't own a DS for a while, but the Wii one, which I really enjoyed, you know, back when I was, I don't know, six, and definitely holds a bit of nostalgia for me. But when they revealed Mario Wonder, everyone started talking about how awful that game was, and I was like, what are you talking about? That game is cool, it's got this cool art style, and then they started showing uh, screenshots of the Mario character model in Wonder beside New Super Mario Bros. Wii, and I was like, no, no, I get it now. <laughs> I, I liked the New Super Mario Brothers games, like, as they were coming out. I uh, I think that it was one of the first games that I got for my DS Lite, 
uh, other than I think I got Pokemon Diamond along with my DS Lite. <laughs> it might have been Pearl. I can never remember which one it was. Um, but I got like a Pokemon game with my DS, and then a few weeks or months later, I managed to save up enough money or convince my parents to buy uh, New Super Mario Brothers. And I really liked it at the time. It felt kind of fresh, especially because a lot of the Game Boy Mario games were just remakes of the older ones. Like there was Super Mario Advance. There was like a whole series and it was all just remakes of the first uh, three or four Mario games. And then there was like Super Mario 64 DS, which was the only, that was like my first 3D Mario game other than Sunshine. Same. Which I really liked Super Mario 64 DS at the time. I think mostly just because you could play as Wario. Wario's kind of always been my favorite Mario character. <laughs> well, until Waluigi. I guess Waluigi's my favorite, but he's never actually showed up in a mainline game. He just shows up for sports. Yeah, but as as I was saying, though, like when they revealed Mario Wonder earlier this year, a lot of people started talking about how New Super Mario Bros. games just had no sense of style to them. Had no really creative animations or anything like that. Which I completely agree. It was agree. just kind of a little... Yeah. Like, looking back on it, like, I definitely agree with Those that. Those games are very and, flat. Just in... Yeah. It doesn't seem like... It doesn't seem like Mario's having a good time in those. Especially no. not when you compare it to how he looks in Mario Wonder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mario Wonder is... I would say some of the best art direction of any game this year. By far. Everything I wasn't especially is... like gripped by it at first when they first revealed it, but it definitely grew on me pretty quickly. And yeah. when I actually started playing the game, I really mm. appreciated how it looked. It's just like a lot more bright and colorful and bouncy and mm-hmm. I guess dynamics kind of a big word, a big way. <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot more fun. Yeah. Like the art style's fun. Like the game is also a lot more fun than the new games. But it's also, like, the art style is fun. Yeah, it's not like New Super Mario Brothers was going for a realistic art style, but no. in comparison, like, Super Mario Wonder looks insane. Yeah. And, like, most of this year, a lot of the big AAA games have been very photorealistic sort of vibe going on. And, like, they all look very gorgeous, but this is really the only game that I can think of this year, except maybe, I don't know, maybe Tears of the Kingdom, also another Nintendo title. That just is flat out, like, very creative in its art style. I think that's just a big issue with AAA gaming in general. Is, you know, everyone's kind of going for that same photorealistic art style. You know, the biggest thing that they're concerned about is, like, how many polygons can we get on screen? You know, how high res of textures can we get? You know, we want to make it to where if you were to zoom in on this character's eye, that it would look like a real (laughs) eyeball. And, like, I don't care about that stuff. If it's going to serve the story in some way, like I think if you're going to tell a story like The Last of Us, it needs to have a realistic art style. But Mario's just a plumber for some reason that goes around and he jumps into giant pipes and he stomps on racial stereotypes. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Goomba is a whole, is like borderline a slur. And the only reason we've decided it's not is because of the Mario enemy. Thanks, Mario. <laughs> I've never heard anything um, like about there being like racial stereotypes in Mario. I'd be interested to read more about that. It's not so much racial stereotypes in Mario. It's just kind of funny the 
language it's co-opted in some ways. It is very much like the Mario movie, the Super Mario Bros. movie that came out of where it's very cartoony, but a refined cartoony to where like, you know, thought has been put into it. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the Mario movie that just came out, the Illumination one, it's definitely going for the same kind of art style as the new Super Mario Brothers game. Which, like I said, it's not necessarily to say it's bad. And it's a lot more dynamic in the movie than it is in the games. It's just, I think that what they've gone for with the characters take a lot of influence from cartoons in this game that they didn't necessarily take in the previous games. Like, when you're running, your character has a third foot to make it look like they're (laughs) they're running faster. It, It just makes the animation look a little bit smoother. Or you know, you get some badges that let you do things like use your hat as a uh, parachute and like the hat gets cartoonishly large and it all gives me very like Hanna-Barbera vibes. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's pretty similar to that. Not, yeah. Not so much like the animation or the art style itself, but like the animation style, yeah. like the way that characters move, the way that Mario's face is drawn. So you can like always see both of his eyes. Yeah, and his eyes are a lot Which bigger than they are in the previous games. games, and yeah, it, it's just it's a really good looking stylistic game, and I it's I a think lot more that Nintendo is really the only AAA developer out there that's like consistently going for these unique art styles, and that's something I really appreciate about. I guess it's something I appreciate about the Nintendo Switch library in comparison to yeah. when you look at all of the exclusive games coming to the PlayStation Five or the Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mario Wonder is one of the reasons that, like, whether you're, like, whatever the terms they're using in the console war these days for Xbox players and PlayStation players, if you have one of those but not the other, you probably still own a Switch. But, you know... Because of games like Mario. (laughs) I I think the Nintendo Switch is just pretty incredible in how it's almost like an equalizer, (laughs) you know? I I never hear people talking crap about Nintendo when everyone's going on their whole rant about xbox versus playstation because they're just like it comes nintendo's up, doing their own thing it, it will come up every now and then but like only in cases where uh you have uh mario wonder come out not long after starfield does not so great <laughs> and then you don't hear about it again ever you know i'm gonna come right out and say it and this is spoilers for our game of the year episode mario wonder is better than starfield it is Whoa. by a long shot you know, we've talked a lot about the art style and kind of our history with the Mario games, but, you know, I think that this Mario game has quite a bit setting it apart from the others in the gameplay Definitely. aspect as well. Especially, mm-hmm. I think the biggest new thing that they've introduced is the Wonder Flowers that you'll run into, yeah. you know, in just about every level, if not every level. I can't. I think there's a Wonder Seed in every level. Yeah, I know there's a Wonder Seed in every level. That's like. That's the equivalent of stars in this game. I'm talking about oh, the Wonder no, no, Flowers. I'm, yeah, I'm getting it mixed up because not only are there the Wonder Flowers, there's also the new uh, flower power-up that gives you bubbles. And I keep thinking that's the Wonder Flower for some reason. <laughs> I think that's literally just that's called just the, the bubble, bubble flower. flower. Yeah. But these these Wonder Flowers that they've introduced, completely separate from the, the new bubble power-up, which I think we'll probably <laughs> talk about the power-ups that they've added in a minute. But essentially, as you're running through a level... Partway through, you'll find a flower that's either floating in the air or there'll be something amiss that's kind of hidden and you have to 
maybe solve a little puzzle to figure out what the wonder flower is but once you collect it it completely transforms the way that the the level plays out it'll have yeah. completely new mechanics and new art style it'll make things look completely different mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy how much like went into these wonder flowers yeah. like there's, there's one pretty early on that when you get it it transitions from uh you know a side-scrolling 2d platformer to a top-down <laughs> yeah yeah that really screwed like, me up yeah and it, it's it's pretty funny because one of the collectibles in this aside from coins is i don't remember what they're called but they're like just purple coins mm-hmm. kind of like the special coins from mario odyssey i think they're called flower um coins. that makes sense yeah. everything if you can't remember what something's called just try throwing the word wonder or flower in front of it and you'll probably <laughs> get it right yeah yeah uh, but when you go into the top-down section with that seed, the coins will start to run away from you. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just, like, a lot of, like, silly, wacky stuff like that that it's just nice to see in this year of these, like, photorealistic games and all these survival horror games. I mean, I just think it's really neat how much they'll break up the gameplay because, yeah. I mean, like, the platforming in this game is... I mean, immaculate. It's exactly what you would expect oh, yeah. from it's a so from good. a Mario game in 2023. But what these Wonder Flowers do is they'll completely change what you're doing in mm-hmm. you know these really unique and fresh ways that kind of I think really helps to break up the platforming. Uh, because I, you know I think that a big issue that I've always had with Mario games is just how samey they kind of get after a certain point. Yeah. Especially Especially the new Super Mario Brothers games. (laughs) Yeah. Like it just felt like they never did quite enough to break up the monotony and these wonder flowers, like that's the solution. (laughs) The 3d Mario games solve that problem by having, you know, some unique mechanic in every game, you know, sunshine had flood, uh, Odyssey had Cappy. The 2D games, I I think they've usually solved it by adding new power-ups, but I think they've kind of, for the most part, hit a wall with designing new interesting power-ups because mm-hmm. like the stuff that they've added in this game is pretty cool and unique, but it's definitely nowhere near the same level as what the Wonder Flowers will do for the gameplay. Yeah, and not only is it the Wonder Flowers and the power-ups that are making so many differences in this game, there are so many different enemies in this game. They definitely increase the variety a lot. I I think there are entire levels that you'll go through, or like entire worlds, I mean, where you just won't even yeah. see Goombas or like those Koopas are like because they'll all be replaced with these like unique yeah. enemies that look completely different and they have their mm-hmm. own unique mechanics. Like they're not just walking left and right; they're doing stuff like eating items, they're flying towards you, they're just kicking shells stuff like that i I think that it's so cool in the new games almost everything is just goombas um koopas and piranha plants and then you just rarely see those here i don't even know most of the names of the new enemies in this i just know that they're all very neat and some of them aren't even like enemies some of them are just animals that are part of level like one of the early ones has a these big hippos that you use as trampolines I don't know what they're called. I'm just calling them uh, hippos. Abby, you know, I feel like we haven't really left you some time to talk. I mean, do you have any uh, any strong opinions on the Wonder Flowers or on the new enemy design, stuff like that? I know you probably wouldn't recognize the new enemies quite as much as we would. but Yeah, I definitely don't recognize the new enemies. Uh, I do think 
the way I played this game would almost make it a horror game i died no less than a thousand (laughs) times i would i would say 1500 like i was dying every two seconds just because like jason's so fast with it because he's played so much mario and like i couldn't jump and then i have that issue with ground pounding because i'm using a stick and but even with all of those things it was still like a lot of fun and racing to get the badges or like the elephant power-ups or anything like that that was all a lot of fun it's definitely a lot of fun you know it kind of does lead into my my big issue with the multiplayer though you know she mentioned dying a million times it really feels like whoever has control of the camera at any given time has just an insane level of power above whoever else they're playing with yeah like i had the crown like the most points in the level for a couple of them today just absolutely killed jason because i was so far behind and he was so far ahead and then i decided to jump up instead of follow him and it really does become a mess I've been j- joking the whole time that it's like I'm on Hayden mode, like when we would all play Mario with Hayden when he was a little bit younger and, you know, just so he kind of had the feeling that he was playing. That was definitely my experience with this game. <laughs> I mean, I think my big issue is just the way that it decides who is going to have control of the camera is a little annoying. Yeah, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, if one of you is better at the game or something like that, then you're probably going to want to be the one that has control of the camera. Yeah, But for sure. that also means that essentially you have to be the one that collects every power-up. You have to be the one that collects every uh, Wonder Seed. You have to jump on the flagpole first and get higher on it because... Something I'm not good at. If you're playing with someone that's not quite as good at the game as you, then it's going to hold things back and slow things down a lot and i think part of that is intentional but then i think there are other parts of the game where you need to do things quickly like some of the badge challenges especially or some of the races like yeah and specifically with the races if i die i there's no way of like making it back up to you even through boosting because you're already like boosting and running and i'm spawning back in and building up that momentum yeah it's definitely pretty unforgiving but you'll also have things like we ran into when we were doing one of the bad challenges earlier today where the challenge required you to quickly do a set of maneuvers and the problem that we would run into is that um since you didn't die if you failed doing the maneuvers it was completely reliant on the person that had control of the camera getting past it even if it wasn't necessarily something they actually wanted to do that much. So like I would be rushing through it and I would do the maneuvers and get to the very end. But then, you know, Abby would fall or something on accident. She wasn't like super into it and doesn't necessarily know how to control quite as well. Uh, And then it would kill me and pull me back to her. It's like, I've already gotten past this puzzle. And I would like to, it's not that I'm not into it. I get so confused with the buttons, especially going back and forth between like PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. And I don't know what's what. So a lot of the time I'm still looking at my hands or just pushing every button to make something happen, which is where the ground pound comes in a lot. Yeah. I I don't know. I just kind of wish that it was a little bit more intelligent about how it decided who got camera control. 
there are definitely some multiplayer issues, which definitely sucks. Because I think multi I think Mario is best when you're playing in at least anything but single player. But even with the issues, I think this game is still really fun in multiplayer. Yeah. And I definitely had more fun playing with other people than I did just single player. I do have, you know, one other complaint with the multiplayer is just yeah. they got rid of all of the player interaction. Like in the new Super Mario Brothers games, you could jump off of your friend's head and stuff like that. Like it felt a lot more chaotic, but you guys, you were constantly interacting with each other in the level. And, you know, that led to some situations where, you know, maybe you would work together to get to a power up or a, a collectible that you couldn't necessarily have gotten to by yourself. And I, I don't know. I feel like the multiplayer kind of transitioning to this, everyone is their own separate character. <laughs> Basically, it's it's like everyone's a ghost. It's kind of lame. It it just feels it feels like a bunch of people playing a single player game, yeah. but only one of them. I think if it wasn't for the uh, multiplayer camera. issues, this game would have got a lot more ten out of tens. Because I was honestly very surprised when it got a nine out of ten from IGN, and I think Gamespot also gave it a nine out of ten. I was fully expecting a 10 out of 10, but I think the multiplayer is probably the biggest reason behind that. I, I think that's just an issue with yeah. reviewing games in general. Like, you don't want to give every good game or every great game a very 10. Very good at giving any new Mario game a 10 out of 10 was mostly my point. Personally, mm. I think this game is a 10 out of 10, even with the multiplayer issues, because it's fantastic. I think it's definitely up there in terms of Mario games. Yeah, Jason, how did you like playing? I mean, today was the only day you've played without me um, being an anchor to you. So, I mean, how was that compared to like the past week of playing it? I know it was faster. I don't know. I feel weird sometimes talking about, you know, playing by myself versus playing multiplayer because it does just sound like I'm I'm crapping on you a little bit. No, I mean, it's okay. I And that's just it. That's why I put, that's why I'm saying like I had a lot of fun. I know I was a cinder block in the lake. Like, it's it's okay. So, like, no, I'm interested to know how you liked being able to, like, fly through the last world. I, I'll say I think it was more fun playing multiplayer, you know, just because, like, it is nice having someone else to experience all the weird stuff with and someone to talk to about, you know, what's going on at the moment. Because I think this game has a lot of, like, crazy stuff happening, especially with those wonder flowers we kind of talked about earlier. Like, there is so much going on, and it's a lot more fun to experience that with a friend. Oh, a friend. But okay. whatever. <laughs> you know, it is nice playing single player just because you can get through the levels a lot faster. Jackson, when I say he have... got through the past, he got through the past world in like, or the past world. He got through the last world in like two hours. <laughs> without me i got through the last world in like 15 minutes uh, there you the go last world is I, very I kind short. of feel it's what like you're talking levels. about because of oh. the one time when um me jason jordan and hayden played it together and almost immediately jason just started running through the level and no one else enjoyed that <laughs> especially not the seven-year-old so child fast. no and like that's what i'm saying when i was like you know he gave me like hayden controls of like most of the time i'm just hitting b to like catch up to him because i've died off screen but it i mean that goes back to like jason has played so much freaking mario i really likened this game to the only other actual platformer i've ever played where everything is continuously moving on the screen is the santa claus 2 
Yeah. You know, with Tim Allen and the one with Jack Frost. That's I've... Santa Claus 3. Is it Santa three? Claus 2 is the one where he has to get married. Oh, okay. Well, then the Santa Claus 3 on the Nintendo DS. And I remember being so excited to get that and play it. Because it, and... it's, it's the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause. It was. Get it? Because it's like yeah. a play on words. It's yeah. the exact same play on words that the title of the movie I, already I was, though, saying, so I don't, though, Abby, I don't really get and it. And I think the issue is just that um, Jason wishes he was playing in a Sonic <laughs> game. Yeah, oh my god, that's awesome logic. That totally makes sense. I just kind of get bored standing around in Mario games. It's not the standing around, are Jason. never hidden in plain sight. <laughs> I do think that Mario games are at their most fun when you're, like, zooming the whole time. So. I agree. And I actually got to a point earlier today Jackson where I was like actually carrying the team through a couple of the levels and I was like wow I could get good at this if I wanted to yeah I mean she was doing a lot better today (laughs) she made me look like a chump a couple times yeah I did um Jackson who did you play as Uh, I mostly played as Blue Toad however just because it is in the name when I was playing some earlier today, I did decide to play as Mario a little. I prefer playing as Blue Toad. We played the whole game as Blue Toad and Toadette. Heck yeah, we did. I really like playing as Blue Toad, Blue Toad, because facial features for each character carry over to their uh, elephant forms, and Toad's facial features are just two dot eyes and a mouth, and the mouth gets covered up by a trunk. So when you turn into an elephant, you're kind of just expressionless, and it's very funny. Because, like, the human characters, they have eyebrows, so they still have emotion. Also, their eyes aren't just black dots. So I just think it's very funny whenever you turn into an elephant as Toad. Do all of the characters say yowie zowie all the time? Or is that just the Toad characters? I think Mario at least said something along those lines when I was playing today, but I can't confirm that. It's just such a weird catchphrase for all the characters in this game to have. I don't think I've ever heard Mario say Yowie Zowie before this, but I definitely have heard Blue Toad and to- and uh, Toadette say it a lot recently. <laughs> um, Jason, didn't you say that Jordan was trying to play different characters every world or every level? Yeah, he, s- he switched off characters every world, uh, which I think he said was kind of funny because it led to him doing the final boss as Toadette. That's okay. Well, he just has his rankings wrong on who he's choosing when. Well, I think he just went through them like left to right. What type of person is this? Who plays as Mario in a Mario game? I think Mario is probably the last character that I would pick. Well, I mean. I think in order, Blue Toad, Luigi, Daisy, the rest of them. They're all tied for last. That, or they're all tied I mean, for next to last. I am going to pick Mario between any of the Yoshis or Nabbit. That's just because they're easy mode. Yeah. Speaking of, did any of you all play sure. like that? No, no, I didn't see any point in playing yeah, on easy I, mode. I, yeah, I never even tried it out. <laughs> just Wait, yeah. there was an easy mode? Yeah. If you play Jason... as Yoshi or Nabbit, then uh, you don't take damage from enemies. And you. Uh, there was something else. I think maybe it was just that and power-ups don't affect you. Why was this information not conveyed like to me? To I didn't realize I could in make Jason's it better defense. on myself. Also in Jason's defense. I mean, I told you that those characters yeah. were there. If you hover over them, it and does. It, and it was on the character select screen. You don't oh, even have yeah. to hover over them. It's just in the bottom right the whole time you're on that page. I've only looked at it like twice because we keep it up on the Switch and all Jason has to do is switch it over to the Switch. Like, I don't reselect it every time. Okay, whatever. I... <laughs> 
I'm proud of myself now. I can't believe I did this on hard mode. I think this should be a hard mode character. You did it on... Well... I think you should also be able to play as a Goomba. And then playing as a Goomba is hard mode. Or a Koopa. Either of the two. I liked the levels where you played as a Goomba. I wish there were more of them. I liked... Ooh, I liked the levels where you were a little blob. Those were really good, too. Yeah. Or I guess like we're, even I guess the we're back to the Wonderflower discussion. There were some Wonderflowers that I really liked and I would have liked to have seen more of. And then there were other ones that I kind of felt like we saw too much or they weren't particularly interesting. Like there's one that... Oh, you talking about like the triple jump? No, no. That, those are the badges. I mean the... Uh, oh, oh, okay. Well, like you mentioned the one where you turn into a blob and you stick to walls and stuff like that. Yeah. I really enjoyed those yeah, levels. Yeah, yeah. But then there were some other wonder flowers that I feel, you know, was a little bit more half baked with what they did. Like there's one that just makes it to where pipes will basically move like an inchworm, um, and you can just stand on them to get to higher up places and stuff like that. I don't necessarily think that's very interesting. There's another one where it just makes it snow, and then the snow yeah. will like pile up, and it'll create extra obstacles and stuff like that, and kind of change the the landmass around you so you have to kind of navigate it differently like i don't know i just thought those were kind of boring compared to the one where you it turns into a top-down game or <laughs> or the blobs or even just like the drill head yeah well that's a power up <laughs> oh sorry i i keep doing that don't i i i to me that and the blob feel very similar because they were side by side a lot yeah i mean i i do think the new power-ups are pretty good you know, we, we've kind of alluded to them a few times, but I guess we haven't directly mentioned them. There's three major new power-ups alongside just, you know, the returning mushroom and fire flower. There is also now a bubble flower, and it's basically the same as the fire flower, but instead of, you know, you shooting bubbles. out a fireball, you shoot out a bubble. And you can use that to trap enemies, uh, or you can use it to create a little bubble that you can jump on to get to higher places that you couldn't normally reach stuff like that i think it's pretty cool it's definitely the lamest of the three power-ups they added the other two i think are a lot better that being uh there's an elephant and it it turns you into an elephant Mm -hmm. it's the best Mm power-up because when you're an Mm -hmm. elephant you get a melee attack so you can just knock enemies away that are right in front of you but also... And you can spray water. Yeah, you can store up water in your trunk, and then you can use it to, like, water a flower later, or you can use it to put out a fire block or stuff like that. Which, that's something that I watched Jason do today, which I thought was really cool, of just, like, storing water and then using it to put out fire blocks. Yeah. I really like the elephant. I thought it was kind of dumb when they first showed it off at the initial trailer, but I don't know. After playing with it, it really grew on me. I was really hoping that each character would have a different animal, but I guess that would have been... I was... Yeah, I definitely agree that would have been cool. I was just kind of hoping that there would have been more animal-based power-ups in general. Yeah. Um, Like, it's weird that they added this mushroom that turns you into an elephant. Actually, there's an apple. there's no other mushrooms... Or sorry, it's yeah, an it's apple. An apple. <laughs> there, there's no other power-up that just turns you into an animal or anything like that, though. Like... I don't know how we got to the point where your three options were uh, fire, bubble, or being an elephant. <laughs> oh, and then finally, there's one more new power-up, which is just the, the drill mushroom. I think it's a mushroom. Now Jackson's got me second guessing. I don't know myself. about that I think one. it's just a... Dr- 
I'm pretty sure it's, it's a just mushroom. The drill itself. I don't think it's like it's a rock, a mushroom or anything like that. I think it's just a drill that you pick up and wear on your head. It's a drill hat. I'm pretty sure it's a mushroom because it moves around. Yeah. Like a mushroom. Okay. The drill's pretty cool though. It either lets you go into the ground below you or go into like the ceiling above you on certain uh, certain types of terrain. It's really cool for getting to new areas that you can normally reach. I think that's kind of the big thing is like there are areas where the only gap in the ground is like very small amount of disturbed dirt. So you can't really tell uh, that it's there unless you kind of know to look for it and you have that drill hat and you can use that to go slightly underground. And Avoid enemies a lot. Yeah, you, you can avoid enemies, or you can jump out right below them, stuff like that. It's definitely a cool idea. I don't think it's as visually interesting as the elephant. No, I don't think so, but you have the melee attack on the elephant, and the drill hat just kind of lets you nope out of it. Yeah, I think when you have the drill hat, you can't get hit from above. So like, you can jump into enemies as well as uh, you know landing on their head. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's, like I said, it's definitely, it's definitely not as cool as the elephant, but I think that the drill hat's probably more likely to return in future Mario games, so pretty neat. It was, it's definitely more quote unquote Mario. Yeah. Than, yeah. And I think that there were a lot more puzzles and like hidden collectibles that were based around the drill hat than the other two power-ups. I can't think of any power-ups that you... Or I can't think of any collectibles you needed the bubble to get to. Yeah, you know, like, that's kind of... I'm not going to say I was disappointed in the game for how little, like, puzzly it was. Because it was just, like, very true-to-form platformer. Um, I had been listening to a podcast where the person was talking about, like, handing off the controller to people all around the room... Because, like, one was like, oh, I see how you have to do this. Like, blah, 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 blah. And I I expected more of it being puzzly. I mean, I tried every single pipe that I came across to go down it. It's kind of one issue I've always had with the Mario games. I feel like you can never really tell if a pipe is just there to be set dressing or if it's actually, like, a pipe that you can go down until you try it. Which, on the one hand, I guess is good because it incentivizes you to just try all the pipes <laughs> so you like you definitely have to mess around a lot with them and it encourages kind of exploring well that's really hard when you're playing with you mr speedy i just instinctually know Thanks, when Jackson. a pipe is gonna take me somewhere i don't know how to tell you i, I don't know what it is when i was running through those levels i don't think i was missing pipes <laughs> it's just uh it's like a sixth sense that you get when you play enough mario games that's fair i can that's the only answer i will accept because like I said, like there's nothing that differentiates a pipe that you can go down from a pipe that's just set dressing. But I feel like the vast majority of times, once you've played enough Mario games, like you just know. <laughs> I mean, Jackson, do you disagree with that? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, insightful. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for your uh, your thrilling additions contribution yeah <laughs> man of a few words you know, is there anything that we've left off that you guys particularly really enjoyed about this game or particularly didn't enjoy 
No, I think, I mean, I think we've covered, like, a lot of, like, the highlights and everything that's new and the fact that I really did like it, even though I'm just unskilled, which really comes down to. I like to think I put you through, like, a Mario boot camp, because <laughs> I, I think, like, uh, the first day I that agree. we played, this past, it like, was five a lot days. different than when we played mm-hmm. today. Yeah, I can definitely keep up a little bit more. I can track a little bit better, which is a big thing of just, like, keeping up with, like, what you're headed into at a fast rate of speed. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like it's been a boot camp. I would be... And I was actually, re- like, remiss earlier when, like, I said that this is the only Mario game I've ever played. I did try to play it on my Switch when there was, like, the Mario 100 thing, whatever it was going mm-hmm. on. I was not great at that. Never got above the top 75. So this really was my first um, being immersed in the game and caring about Mm -hmm. it. Do you feel like this was a good introduction to the Mario games? Yes, I do. I didn't play as Mario for any of it. So I still don't really understand the lore behind like, I mean, I understand the lore, right? But like I haven't experienced a true... I think maybe Mario and Luigi type situation, but I definitely understand all of the platforming aspects and I'm getting better at the buttons. Like that's, that's really been my uh, Hamartia this entire time. I don't really know that playing as Mario is particularly like useful or anything for, for understanding the Mario experience. I don't know. That felt weird to say. That's fair. (laughs) But I like, I, I think any character will work, you know, because they all move the exact same way. Mario's just kind of there because he was the first one. You know, back when you couldn't choose who yeah. your character was going to be, you played as Mario. Sure. Or, like, you know, playing with, like, the seven-year-old, it's like, you know, he's always playing ones where, like, you need to save Princess Peach or you need to do something like that. And this definitely had that of, like, you need to defeat Bowser and Bowser Jr. But it felt like kind of a... A side story, almost. But that's just me. I like that Bowser's branching out these days. You know, he's not just trying to chase Princess Peach all the time. This time he's like, I'm going to go steal some flowers. He wants to be a castle these days. Yeah, I don't understand why he turned himself into a castle. Look at me, Mario. I turned myself into a castle. And then Bowser turned himself into a castle. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Something I really did like was the royal seeds. For some reason, it was super thrilling every single time you got one of like the piranha snakes to get away from surrounding that castle. Yeah, I thought that it was pretty cool. <laughs> I definitely like... You know, like it was just like very satisfying. Yeah. The poplins are weird, especially... In the next to last world, they just start pumping you for cash, and I've I've no <laughs> idea why. It's like I'm here to help you. I'm trying to save your kingdom for you, and you're like, you know, I know this thing's in your way, but I'm gonna need fifty coins if I'm gonna move it. Like, why do I have to pay someone to fix a bridge? Tax or just to smack one rock out of the way. <laughs> No, no, no. I know what they have that I don't have. Like, I know that my character doesn't have a pickaxe. I'm saying, why are these poplins extorting me when I am doing them a favor? Mm -hmm. He was literally, that's the last thing I remember 
him talking about before I took a nap today. <laughs> he was like, why? I'm doing them a favor. Why do I have to pay them? I just thought it was funny. I love the it idea. Is funny. I mean, the whole game. Like a firefighter was a lot of fun. comes to your house and you just have locked doors and you're like, well, you know, I would love for you to save my kid, but I'm not going <laughs> to unlock the door for less than 50 bucks. Well, that's a lot of Mario talk. So I guess we should get to our final thoughts. I don't remember how Jordan does these transitions. <laughs> You're um, getting there. It's clo- I'm close enough. I'm close enough. Uh, Jordan. Nope. Oh, Jordan's not, not even here. <laughs> that's not- no Jordan today. Jackson, what do you think about Super Mario Wonder? This game is wonderful. Boo. No, but but seriously, this game is so good. There were there were a bunch of games this year, too, so many games this year, and a lot of them that I was looking forward to, and most of them I either really liked. Okay, a few of them I really liked. Most of them I thought were pretty good, and then another number that was uh, between those two was ones that were just eh. Um, this was not one of the games I was really looking forward to, but it is definitely one of the best games I've played this year. It's so inventive and creative and stylistic. It's, it's nothing that any other game this year was. (laughs) Well, like all in one, they were, you know, creative and inventive games, but they also weren't very stylistic. (laughs) It's definitely one of the best games that has released this year, for sure, in this wild year of games. I hope more Mario games are like it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Abby, how about you? Um, I really liked it. I mean, like I said, a, a lot of it was due to unfortunate circumstance of me not um, playing a whole lot of Mario growing up and stuff like that. So, like, you definitely had the edge on me. But it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed playing it. I didn't get overly frustrated. Um, I think the first night I was like, can this end now? And then any night following that, I was like, no, I've got this. Like I can, I'm not afraid. I worked up to where like, I'm not afraid of three seed levels. I'm fine with those. Mm -hmm. Four still gives me pause. Oh, you mean like the, the difficulty stars? Yeah. Difficulty stars, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely understand that. <laughs> I think that there's a pretty big jump between the three-star difficulty and the four-star stuff, so. Jason, what were your final thoughts on Mario Wonder? Well, you know, it'll surprise you to know. I I really liked it. I don't think that I was particularly looking forward to Mario Wonder this year. Um, You know, when it was announced, I was somewhat excited but i've never been super into the the 2d mario games at least not to the same level that i'm into the 3d mario games but you know i think mario wonder really surprised me just with you know how inventive its levels are and especially like those wonder flower mechanics like i said i think that those are definitely the highlight of the game you know stuff that just mid-level completely changes up how you're playing and what you're doing it's it's really cool it's exactly the kind of shaking up that i think the mario franchise needed and i'm i'm really interested to see what they do in the next mario game like are they going to continue with these wonder flowers and kind of 
you know, mixing things up that way? Or are they going to try completely new mechanics? Because, I, I mean, that's what they do with the 3D Mario games. Everyone plays completely different from the one before it. So it's an exciting new direction for the Mario games. And I think the art style is really cool to go along with it. So that's a lot of Super Mario Wonder talk. So now I guess it's time to pull the plug. Jason, what have you been into? Wow, I was not expecting to go first. You frightened me. Uh, so I mentioned in the previous episode that, you know, since we were planning on doing Alan Wake 2, I was playing through the kind of Remedy Connected Universe games, uh, at least the ones that really connect Alan Wake. So, yeah, I no played through Alan break. Wake and Alan Wake American Nightmare, and now I made my way through Control over the past week or so. I'm not going to play Quantum Break or the Max Payne games because, one, I don't really have enough time to kind of block out four extra games. Uh, and two, I don't think that they're super important to Alan Wake 2. I don't know if they really uh, have especially, any connection at all, especially Max Payne. I don't think Remedy even owns either of the properties anymore. So they, they, I know they don't own Max Payne because... Um... Either Take-Two as a whole or Rockstar owns Max Payne these days. Yeah, I know Rockstar made Max Payne 3. Uh, but yeah, like, like I said, I've been making my way through Control. And, uh, you know, I gotta say, I had given this game a shot previously and kind of bounced off of it. But I think playing Alan Wake 1 and Alan Wake American Nightmare and then getting into Control kind of put me in the right headspace for it. Uh, because I, I think that control, a big thing about the game is that you have to be willing to meet it, you know, halfway. <laughs> There's a lot of reading involved in control because you know, all of the interesting lore and side, you know, information is mostly given to you through either audio logs or like these redacted papers uh, where, you know, like there'll be a lot of important information that's completely blotted out and you have to either kind of put it together through context or through finding, you know, additional pieces of paper that kind of talk about similar subjects, stuff like that. And I think that there is a lot of really interesting stuff hidden away in control, or I guess like in the environment all around, because the main storyline that's actually presented to you as the main plot of control is not very good. Um, I think I, I sent you guys a message the other day, like when I first finished it where I was talking about how I'm surprised that such like a group of such talented writers, like the people that were writing all of these redacted documents and stuff like that, were the same people that were in charge of writing the plot because just the level of quality between the two is... I do remember you talking about this, yeah. It's vast. <laughs> the main plot is just like, I want to get into the Federal Bureau of Control so I can find my brother. And it's like, what? This mysterious organization was spying on me when they kidnapped my brother too? Whoa. <clears throat> uh, and then the game ends. <laughs> <laughs> That said, when I played the Alan Wake DLC, I really enjoyed that. 
a lot more. Partially because Alan Wake was there. Nice. He's in it. <laughs> uh, but it really kind of set the stage for what Alan Wake 2 is going to be about, presumably. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know too much. I've tried to avoid Alan Wake 2 spoilers as best I can, which is kind of difficult when you're playing through Control. And, like, I think Control is a game that requires you also to discuss what you found. And, like, it's very much aimed towards the kinds of people that are going to come up with their own fan theories for what's going on. And I think that a big part of that is going online and seeing what other people's theories are and stuff like that. Uh, but you also have to be really careful because you might stumble into Alan Wake 2 territory and then yeah. there'll be spoilers and stuff like that. So That made me really nervous like after finishing Alan Wake 1 because like, I, I, I mean, I kind of understood what was going on by the end of mm-hmm. Alan Wake 1, but it is definitely a little ambiguous. So I wanted to look up like, hey... What the heck is happening? And I was very worried about that because, um, you know, the second game just came out. Uh, so I just looked yeah. up the plots for the DLCs and am just going off of that. Yeah. Like I said, when you told me that you just looked up the plots online, I'm guaranteeing you're missing a lot of really important context. <laughs> because I think a lot of it is Definitely. is very much a show, don't tell kind of thing going on. I know that Jordan's big complaint with Alan Wake was that he thought that it told instead of showing way too much. Um, I think Control does the opposite, so maybe he'd like that more. (laughs) My issue is just the gameplay of Alan Wake wore off on me very quickly. It gets very tedious after a while. Yeah, like I was saying, I think that the, the DLC for Control with Alan Wake really established, like, what he's been doing in the dark place for the past decade because you know the games take place the same time that they came out so alan wake took place in 2010 2011 and alan wake american nightmare in 2012 so he's basically just been wandering through the dark place since those games trapped uh and just trying to write his own way out and i think the dlc and control was kind of establishing like how he was going to write himself out and testing his theories and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely really interested to start Alan Wake 2 and see how that plays out because I really liked that story. I thought it was really cool. And yeah. I thought that <clears throat> Control was generally really good gameplay-wise. <laughs> and I'm excited to see... Like, I hope that there is some stuff in Alan Wake American Nightmare and Control that they bring over to Alan Wake 2. And I think the controls feeling a lot more fluid and smooth is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I've only beat Alan Wake and, you know, looked at the stuff about the, the DLCs. I haven't played more than like the first 30 minutes or an hour of control yet, but I'm so excited for Alan Wake too. I was really, I was really excited when I saw that it got a game of the year nomination. Oh yeah. I was not expecting that. Really the sleeper hit of the year. (laughs) because <laughs> like i mean we like, all knew it's it was not like remedy out. is a it's not like remedy's an indie developer or anything like that no but it's still kind of surprising when you see a game from a franchise that's more or less been dead for 11 years yeah come out and then get a sequel that is just like critically acclaimed people are blown away by it which i, I just and i've somehow managed to avoid spoilers i mean yeah. like i said 
I, it, that was something that was kind of hard to do when I was looking up information about Alan Wake and Control, but I know nothing about Alan Wake 2 other than the fact that it has two protagonists and the stuff that was kind of laid out in yeah. the previous games. It has two protagonists, and it's a lot more like how survival horror games are today, and that's all I know. But that's 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 I've talked about Control for quite a bit now. <laughs> so, uh, Jackson, what have you been up to? Well, for me, recently the second season of Loki wrapped up. Um, and if you don't know, that is the first of the MCU shows to have a second season. So I was very hesitant going into it, especially considering um, there's not many good MCU shows. There's uh, there's Loki, <laughs> and there's WandaVision, and Miss Marvel, and that's it. it. It's just those three. The rest of them are, like, pretty Come good. Or not even pretty good. Like, good, and then, yeah, it's kind of it. What about She-Hulk? Come on. She-Hulk was... She-Hulk had some good episodes. Yeah, I think overall wasn't very good, though. I think it was really good. I think there were times it was comedian. comedic. I think, yeah, yeah, no, it was definitely funny, like more of a comedic show. Yeah, I, I thought that it was a it was a pretty good show that had a really weak first and last episode. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, so going into Loki season two, I was very hesitant, especially because there hasn't been a whole lot of good MCU stuff since Loki season one which was way back in like the middle of 2021 and now we're on the tail end of 2023. But Loki season two, I wouldn't say it's overall better than season one, but it's still really good and has a few episodes that I think are better than most of season one. And it is insane to me that there can be a project this good in the MCU. And then we can also have things like secret invasion. (laughs) In the same year, too. <laughs> because Loki I mean, is... I think the big thing with TV shows is that there's... I think they're just written differently than how the movies are written. 100%. I, mean, I feel like we talk about this every time the yeah. MCU stuff comes up. Which I think I think that the biggest issue is that the vast majority of the stuff that they're putting on Disney Plus as TV shows is stuff that was written as movies. Mm-hmm. So, like... Of course, when you cut apart a movie and then try to stitch it back together as eight, what should be eight essentially standalone episodes with a single plot line that kind of goes throughout them. Instead, what you get is eight parts of a single plot line and then individual episodes where nothing happens. And that's like the biggest issue with, I mean, if felt like the biggest issue was Secret Invasion. It felt like kind of the issue with... Even with some of the uh, best shows, it felt like that. Like, Miss Marvel yeah. was really good, and it still felt like that. Which, Loki yeah, won... that's why I think we like She-Hulk so much, is because, yeah. it, I mean, like, Abby and I really liked it. Yeah. But uh, it felt like every episode had its own contained plot. Yeah. But then still had hints of that overall plot line, like the overarching plot line throughout the whole yeah. season. Which, like, I know, I know I made it seem like I don't like She-Hulk at all. I do like it. It's because I don't like the overarching plot line that I wasn't a huge fan of. <laughs> yeah. But I think Loki Season 2, while I don't think its overall narrative is as good as Season 1's, like, mystery and all that, I do think of all of the shows, it's done the best of having a good overall narrative and then singular episodes. 
which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be kind of how season one was, where it was very, like, focused on the overall plot instead of each individual episode. But I think after having season one do so well, and they knew, like, hey, we're going to have a second season of this, they knew how to write it as a show instead of, like, a movie that got turned into a six-part special. <laughs> and there probably won't be a third season of Loki. Um, if there is, it's really different. I can't explain that without heavy spoilers, and neither of you have seen it yet, so I definitely can't talk about it and even just have it cut out of the episode. It's just really good. Season 2 of Loki creates one of the best character arcs for any character in the MCU by far, and definitely establishes Loki as my favorite character from the entire MCU, because it's one of the few characters that they've actually ended their arcs, like, and done it well. <laughs> There have been characters that their arcs have in it, like Iron Man and I guess kind of Captain America. But then there's Loki a few movies ago. Yeah. <laughs> but everything with Loki's wrapped up now. Like there doesn't Twice. Twice. Yeah. Um and there isn't like any sort of like leftover plot or anything like that. It's just they actually wrapped up a character and did it fantastically. They made a show, or anything at all in the MCU, where it actually felt like the characters were the importance, and not how the show was going to affect the rest of the MCU. And I want more of the MCU to do that. Because this show felt more about the characters than the plot, by all means. And I want to see that again, and I'm sad to know that I probably won't. But overall... There's no going back. I'm I'm kind of excited for James Gunn's DC Universe, because I'm hoping that it'll kind of bring back more of that focus on the individual characters mm. instead of how those characters are going to interact in the future. Yeah. Cause that's, Cause I, mean, I think that's what's so strong about phase one of the MCU was just introducing so many characters and making you actually care about them. Yeah. Like who cared about Iron Man before <laughs> 2009? Even if you liked the character in the comics, like I don't think anyone was really rooting for Iron Man back then because he yeah. was kind of a jerk. <laughs> Everything that I've ever read from Iron Man, like pre two thousand seven, like I read Civil War. Iron Man's a jerk in Civil War. <laughs> oh yeah, Iron Man was just like straight up like an abusive alcoholic for most of his time in the comics before the MCU. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say most of his time, but he he has always been a jerk. Yeah, and I I think that like the MCU managing to get people to care about him, or managing pe- to get people to care about Captain America, who's like. I feel very milk toast before that. <laughs> milk toast. I don't, I don't know how that word works. But overall, uh, season two of Loki, it does do stuff to set up like future events in the MCU, but it manages to do that without sacrificing its characters. And I think that's the biggest problem with the MCU right now. It's all about setup, not about anything in the moment. Loki season two is not like that. And that's why Loki is the best project in the MCU. <laughs> Anyways, tune in for Madam Web, releasing <laughs> February 14th, 2024. But anyways, this is enough MCU rambling. Abby, tell us about another connected universe. Yeah, yeah. So my main fascination right now has been with The Walking Dead. Um, Jason and I started watching it, I don't know, a month and a half ago, starting from season one, episode one. And the first, like, four seasons were very nostalgic for me because I watched them live with my family. Like, 
it just felt right. And then I remember the exact episode where we all kind of dropped off of it just because like it was a little bit too much. It was people that we loved very much getting brutally (laughs) murdered, not by the Zambies. So I think that very much speaks to where we were. Going back through it with Jason has been a whole lot of fun. Um, There's a lot about the entire series that I like. The, of course, the special effects are, or the zombie makeup is really good. None of them are like copied and pasted in post or anything like that. It's every zombie that you see is an actual person who spent hours in a chair getting all the prosthetics done and all the makeup. I mean, I wouldn't say all of them. I, I think it's it's pretty clear when they do like those big, big group shots of the vast majority. Maybe of the CGI. horde shots. Yeah, but anytime there's like a big horde heading toward them, maybe not the gigantic over drone shots, but for the most part, they're they're people. Um, the storyline, you know, the Walking Dead storyline is good ish um i still have a lot of questions we're now on season 11 and i'm not sure how they're gonna wrap it all up in a way that makes me feel complete and content i don't know jason are we gonna watch like fear the walking dead after all this and then the new daryl dixon series yeah i mean i don't see why not i'll at least watch stuff if anyone says it's good (laughs) honestly I am interested. I can't imagine in a world the where the Daryl Dixon, Dixon series is bad. Um, and the Negan show, the Negan and Maggie show, <laughs> the Negan and Maggie show. I love that. I love that sitcom. Yeah, it's just the two of them living in a house together, like odd couple style, and then <laughs> it gets to one point where, <laughs> where it's just like Glenn's corpse on the on the living room floor, <laughs> and Maggie just looks at uh, at Negan and is like wagging her finger, and Negan's just like. I don't know. And he raises his shoulders and winks at camera. He's holding a bat behind his back. Oh, come on. (laughs) That's so brutal. Come on. No, I'm okay. I'm okay with Glenn being... That's fine. It was the worst one. His death is genuinely the worst in the series. Everyone loves Glenn. See, I found out that Glenn died way before I started watching the show. So when I do eventually get to that, when I start watching the show again... I'm going to be prepared. Oh, yeah. I guess we'll say well, this that's late, kind of but, it. you know, spoilers for The Walking Dead. Spoilers for season seven. I don't think it matters. The show that... Season seven of an 11-season show that already ended. I was going to say, I really... Season seven came out, I really like, don't... What? It I don't came know. out years ago. A, a while ago. I know that. Years ago. Like five years ago. I was in high school. Yeah. So, yeah. That's been, like, my main hyperfixation is just, like, The Walking Dead. Um, I was also very determined to specifically beat Jordan through levels on Fortnite this season, the OG Fortnite stuff. And I made a lot of good progress, and then they took away split screen, so now there's no reason to... Who cares, you know? And he's in Yeah, I mean, you gotta realize, Jordan's been gone for, like, over a week at this point. You can make so much progress right now. Yeah. You got a single player at Abby. I have. I'm on, like, level 30. I'm on, like, level 30. Like, I've really killed it. I've gotten, like, three victory I just hit level 20 myself. yesterday, and it's because a friend of mine was playing. <laughs> yeah, I should just get it back up on my Switch so Jason can play it on the TV oh, or vice versa or whatever. Switch. You get the PS5. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I could. 
I could. If I have to be I... the one to play on Switch, I'll probably just sit out. <laughs> See? But yet he's like, I don't know why she doesn't like playing on Switch. I just, I don't get it. I don't know. But you do. You obviously do get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those have really been... I mean, I'm still reading the Jill Duggar book. I don't think anybody wants to hear about that. It's just an expose on her entire family. How many kids she got? In the IBLP. She's only got two. She's one of the 20. Oh, wait, she's no, only I got thought she two. was the mother. No, no, I wouldn't read anything by Michelle Duggar. You couldn't pay me. Well, that just about does it for another episode of the Totally Biased Media Podcast. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do that at a myriad of places. Uh, we are on Twitter at TBMcast, on Instagram at Totally Biased Media. You can reach us by email, totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. You know, reach out with any of your comments, suggestions, or just tell us how you feel about Super Mario Wonder, Spider Man. I don't know, Thoughts Alan about Wake the Walking 2. Dead. Just don't give us spoilers yeah, for it. The Walking Dead. Anything you'd love to say to us, you know, we'd love to hear it and we'd love to you know, possibly read it out on the podcast or something like that. I would die for someone to write in about Far Cry Primal and how much Neither they like the it. First, yeah, if, like... you have, if you have strong feelings about Far Cry Primal, please write into this podcast right now. I'm the captain of the fan club. President of the fan club. Yeah, Abby's going to be in line right in front of you. She wants to do a second episode where we talk about Far Cry Primal, but this time uh, we make Jackson play through the whole thing and get 100%. No, I'll quit. <laughs> I will quit oh, the podcast. The collectibles are fun. <laughs> the collectibles are fun. This is a Ubisoft game. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not collecting a million feathers. It's masks, all right? Yeah, yeah, it's masks and rocks in this one. Rocks? And, and cave paintings. I can get rocks anywhere. Anyways, for the Totally Biased Media Podcast, I've been Jason Simmons. I've been Jackson Walkup. And I'm Abby. And you just felt the bias. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye.